Welcome to the F5 Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about why people are hating on capitalism. We look forward to having you uh, listen to the podcast. Please like and subscribe, comment, go to um, F5 Podcast or Sebastian Ingus or Frank Aziz to look at clips that of us speaking about particular topics that are relevant in today's age. Um, also, if you want to join our business program, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash F5 podcast. And uh, let's get started with uh, capitalism. And let's define capitalism first. How about that? Yeah. Should we, should we use a, a Webster's dictionary definition? Sure. sure. I see. We should also, for the sake of our conversation, we should probably define socialism as well, because these are the, you know, the default mechanism for those who don't like uh, capitalism right now, they're generally advocating for some form of socialism. And then the, the, you know, the people who are very into capitalism argue against socialism, assuming that's the other option. So maybe <clears throat> defining both structures can be useful for sure. that. Catal- capitalism is an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. <laughs> But it already uh, makes me feel good. <laughs> okay. Uh, socialism, a, pol- a political and economic theory of social organization, which advocates the means of production, distribution, exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. Yeah. <clears throat> means of production. Interesting. It's always um, about means of production. So I think capitalism is getting a bad rap because it's being conflated with cronyism. Um, so you have like the top, you know, fifty-five companies in the in the world are literally paying zero in tax. But we we have to look to, at this with a, a broader lens than than what we're than how we're looking at it because, um, how can we say that they're corrupt or evil these companies when they employ hundreds of thousands of people? Um, so. If we're going to tax them, then, um, then it has to be taken from somewhere, and I don't believe the executives are going to take it from their pockets. I don't think that's going to happen. I believe the shareholders are the one that, the ones that are going to suffer. I believe, and what's going to happen is investment will start decreasing, and there won't be as much growth, in my opinion. Um, now we have to look at the history. We have to look at stats. We have to look at a lot of different things and there's ways to argue every point, which is like why this is so such a complex issue. But if you tax shareholders more often, what happens is they invest less, which then gets taken away from growth, potential employees. And, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think to really adequately get to this week, I, we have to begin to understand, well, why is capitalism even being questioned right now? I think anytime you deal with, I think there are a number of issues in our society right now where you have clear lines, right? And there are, are people who are vigilantly on either side of that line arguing their case. In most cases, both sides have very valid points, which is why they hold up and they stay contentious. The exercise really then is to spend the time understanding the other side of your argument, right? And I would argue, uh, or, or contend at least, that you're not really qualified to position yourself or argue for your 
side. I don't really think in terms of sides, but that's the world right now. Without having a very clear understanding of both sides of the argument, right? Not both sides of this. And so why is capitalism getting such a bad rap right now? Why, for the first time that I can remember in history, capitalism is genuinely being questioned by at least a generation of people and is constantly in the news and we're hating on success versus glorifying it, which is interesting, right? I remember when Bono of U2 said that's what he loved about the United States. He said, you know, I'm paraphrasing his statement, but he was being interviewed uh, and he was being asked, this was at least a decade ago, but he was in, being interviewed and asked like, what do you like about the United States? He goes, well, in the UK, and I believe he was referring to, to Ireland or Scotland, uh, but he said, you see the, the guy on the hill and you're like, fuck you, you greedy bastard. Um, and there's like an anger towards those who are successful. Now, if you, the history of the UK or the history of Europe, it's not too hard to understand the association with castle, castles and where that may come from and lordship and all that. But in the United States, when you see the guy on the hill and that has the big house and the successful life, the general sentiment is different. It's, I'm going to be you one day. I can be you one day. And that seems to have changed. And we're now in the United States going through perhaps a, more of a postmodern view of the world, much like Europe did, uh, you know, probably 100 years ago or so, where we're now looking at that guy like that's negative and that's a bad thing or, you know, we're, we're, we're no longer looking at it as a inspiration, but the reason why we're not a success as if there isn't enough success to go around. And so we got to look at that, like, well, where, where is the sentiment coming from? Why, why do we have this view now or questioning capitalism? And I think in part, and I'd love to you know, start the conversation here, is because we, we do have a level of opulent wealth that is getting out of control at the top where the mean, although much better, the affluence of the entire world, this is statistically true, has gone way, way, way up. Um, but the mean, the average guy, isn't moving nearly as much as the guys on the top. And we still have big issues in, in first world countries like the United States, for instance. Our healthcare system is a fucking mess. Mm -hmm. And there are, oh, there's a lot of pain that is being created because we haven't figured out how to manage healthcare in an effective way in, a, in the private sector. Now, who's at fault? What's the play? We could certainly have a discussion about where that comes from. But I get it. There's basic things that we shouldn't have to be worrying about anymore in our society. We are, and the blame is being put on private entities is the reason. This is laughable to me because my first question then is anybody advocating for the government being a great, uh, you know, a great example of how to use money well and effectively and because that seems to be the answer. Well, let's tax the hell out of the people at the top and trust that the government is going to come up with a better system. That's just laughable to me from a historical standpoint. That's the first thing I always ask. I'm like, so I get your angst with privatization. I get you're frustrated that there are guys that made hundreds of billions of dollars during the pandemic where the average guy you know, barely survived or, or had, a, had a much bigger impact on them. I get that there are basic needs that we still haven't found a way to perfect here in the United States where other guys are making $100 billion and there's anger there, especially when we look and go, well, they're barely paying anything in taxes. Which we're not really accounting for everything else that they create and benefit, right? Like think about how different our world would have been through the pandemic if we didn't have Amazon. 
Like that's hilarious to me to even think about. It would have been the pain of the pandemic would have been on a different level without Amazon. But nonetheless, I get it. Hundreds of billions of dollars, average guy's not getting them. But then the answer seems to be let's tax the hell out of them and trust that the government that just printed $8 trillion is going to be the answer. And that's where I'm like, I get lost there. I'm like, how, is, how do you think government is the answer? How can you feel comfortable that government is the answer? It's just historically that hasn't been a great precedent. So I get the sentiment. I don't have a problem understanding in many ways. We could describe the, the phase we're in as late stage capitalism. I hear that phrase a lot. And it kind of reminds you of like when you're playing Monopoly and you're in the, the final throws of the Monopoly game where most of the board is controlled by very few people. It's not generally fun for the people who, who are not one of those guys and the game is, it seems a little bit more rigged. I don't think the world is constantly evolving and technology is constantly challenging uh, the economic systems or the, the industries at large, but I get the sentiment. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I don't have a hard time understanding where it's coming from. I think if you see success in any form, I think that success usually in capitalism is commensurate with the value that's been brought to the marketplace. And so there's not something that's being taken from another human being. And I think that's what's usually projected onto successful people is that if they're successful, they must be taking from some someone or something, uh, taking from the poor, taking from... Which is Whatever. an old school belief system. Yeah. Right? The, the rich are taking from the poor. Yeah. And usually the opposite is is the truth. Uh, if anyone's going to save the poor, it's going to be people that are super successful. Um, and you see this in every, you know, aspects of, of society, just from the products we use, the soap you use, the, the infrastructure, the streets that are clean. Those are, are I mean... Yes, the government helped with those things, but what's going to happen is if you if you bring an entrepreneur in, they're going to make everything more efficient. They're going to advance technology at a much more exponential rate. Just like when you bring in Elon Musk to build rockets, guess what happens? He builds a rocket for like a, a thousand times less than what it would take the government to build, and he is actually successful at it and you, creates the first reusable rocket. The what? government wasn't not able to do that. Right, and I, we, for whatever reason, we... We tend to not want to get credit to these sorts of endeavors and, and what happens when, when people are put in a situation where necessity is driving the result. I agree with you. But, but to your point about entrepreneurship and these entrepreneurs come in, Elon didn't do that alone, right? Of Jeff course. Bezos didn't do that alone. And the argument there is, is more often, yeah, but why is this guy so disproportionately making so much more money than the 300 or half a million, whatever the number is now, employees he has that certainly without them he wouldn't be able to do what he's doing yes so how would we how do we answer that you need to give credit where credit's due and the employees are the ones that built the company essentially um but that's the 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 reward of taking the risk and going out and going through all so much pain just to bring something off the ground or to launch something off the ground and um, we don't want to de-incentivize that. We don't sure, want to de-incentivize de that. But then when you get to the higher levels, I certainly think that profit sharing is great. Um, but to force it, an entrepreneur to, 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 to pay back to its employees all the money that, it, that he's gained, I don't know if that's the right solution. I think certainly if the entrepreneur decides to do that, it would be beneficial. But 
I'm not sure forcing someone to do that. So uh, Dan Price's argument, right, is the what is it? The have the workers own the means of production, which is which is famously he created a seventy thousand dollar average salary or minimum salary for all his employees. Well, I think that could work in in a lot of cases, and I think capitalism actually encourages that, encourages for employees to own the means of production. It's just a choice. The only thing capitalism is is a choice. So if you uh, brought together, you know, fifteen people and they all decided, hey, we're going to start this venture together, and no one's going to make a salary for the first, you know, two years um, because we need to bring in money, we need to do all these other things. Then of course, all of them deserve to to own every aspect of the company uh, to some extent, but to go into a ready, like a a more established business and go, I need to own the means of production because I do this one aspect of the business. I think that doesn't look, doesn't look, uh, what is the, the, the right price, right? What, what should you get paid there? And Kat, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this in a second, but I that I loved what you said that capitalism creates choice, mm-hmm. right? It yeah. creates freedom. Now, freedom comes with its own set of consequences because what happens is when you allow people the freedom to be whatever they want or to do whatever they want, whatever they are comes out, which is why I say all the time, money doesn't change people. It simply exposes what they are. Because when you suddenly have the freedom to make whatever decision you want, right? And now what you really want to do comes out. But that would be the path to our evolution and to our right. higher consciousness, not by controlling or regulating. Controlling and regulating, creating laws where morals should be, doesn't change the, the condition of the heart, right? And that's what needs to change right now is, is the condition of the heart, educating people to think differently about their world. And so... That's kind of when I look at it, like we're not going to regulate our way out of this. It's going to take a moral reckoning and an education to get people to look at the world differently and to contribute to society. But if you look, most of the money that that uh, goes to help privatization of, of money to help other organizations or nonprofits comes from the wealthy. It does not come from the government. It comes from wealthy people who are giving back. Now, we could argue... They're not giving enough. They should give more. Sure. It's easy to say that when you make $30,000 a year and living paycheck to paycheck. But it's a completely different thing when you've built the company and somebody's telling you to give away everything, your blood, sweat, and tears that you've given the last 20 years, many times going a very long time without it being on payroll. And then somebody else who isn't willing to work that hard and, and put in the work is going, now you deserve to give it back. Like, okay. But that isn't to say that I don't think that when you you hit a certain level of of success or on your way to that level of success, giving back every step of the way isn't important. But to me, the issue isn't capitalism. It's the current sentiment in our society. It's culturally where we sit, right? Meaning changing the system without changing the heart of the individual isn't going to change anything at all. And that takes all of us and recognizing that it's about all of us bringing change and thinking in terms of all of us, not just some of us. And so I think the solution is through freedom and education and not through regulation and law. And mostly because from a historical standpoint, when we just shift control or power to another group of people, it doesn't solve the problem. It just shifts the problem to somebody else, right? Where now the private sector isn't the issue, it's the overreaching government, which many would argue we already have. What do you think, Cap? 
Well, I was just researching as well, like trying to find some of the disadvantages of capitalism. And a point that it brings up is the chance of monopoly or power yeah. to a few individuals. But to me, it's okay. Well, like you said, like you're literally just alternating power from like one group of people to a government like that. That seems scarier to me. And there's so many other aspects of capitalism that are beautiful and to your point it's really about like the individual and their heart and their intention behind it but um I, you know I, I get the complaints from the other side as well for i mean obviously the the people that are struggling to get by financially right now are, are going to vote for a more socialistic society because they're not able to live in a current capitalist society so I think that there can be some kind of a middle ground somewhere. We just haven't created it yet. And that's, I think that's where we need to go. It's going to take those who have had a level of success to be able to move the needle to create structures that bridge the gap. But the, the thing that's scary here is you, you can't give something to someone that they don't deserve. Mm -hmm. It fucks them up. Psychologically, it's not good. Well, that's so what it's I'm like, how do you... Too, like, if I were Jeff Bezos, or if you guys were Jeff Bezos, like, what are you doing with all of that money? You, you can't really, like, yes, I would obviously want to give, especially to, like, organizations that I have a heart for and that are doing valuable work. And some of that but probably wasn't all earned just as a result of Amazon. It's yeah. from smart investments with the, you know, tens of money that he got from Amazon as well. But just redistributing that back out to those that aren't as financially savvy, I, I don't know that there's going to be a massively different result. I think everyone has their role. I think it's not the role of Jeff Bezos to give out his money to everyone that needs it. Um, I think it's his role to innovate and make society better in general. Um, but, but to be fair, and, and if people are listening to this are going to ch chime in immediately oh yeah. and say... <laughs> but he could pay his people more. And I don't think that's wrong. I, th I think there's a lot of truth in that. Absolutely. There are a lot yeah. of people who are working their ass off, especially right now, delivering gifts to, to people's doorsteps, the fucking Santa Claus of Christmas, right? They're the ones delivering the gifts and they're working 40, 50, 60, 70 hour weeks to make ends meet where he could certainly, I mean, I'm not privy to the finances of Amazon, but based on the profitability and his profit, Certainly, it looks like there is an opportunity to pay those people a lot more money, and 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 I think it could be an easy argument that they deserve that. That that's not overpaying for the work. Now, where capitalism comes into trouble with these sorts of things is capitalism. The price is set by what the the majority is willing to do the work for, mm -hmm. right? And so this is why we see people walking out and not wanting to work. I get it. There's there's our society is in an interesting place, and I get the other side of this that. You know, if we need to pay people more money and instead of a handful of people acquiring a fuck ton of cash, a better distribution of it. And it's going to take the wealthy to make those decisions happen. And I would argue it's it's on the wealthy to take responsibility for that, because if they don't, it's going to be taken from them. Right. Through legislation, through some form of revolt, whether it's just a legal revolt or whatever, the sentiment is going to change on them. Whereas if wealthy people united in a way and said, hey, we're going to band together and make the world a better place by contributing to society at another level, 
then then we we don't run into these situations. And to me, I see the opportunity for the wealthy to step up here and go, yeah, it's it's on us. It is our responsibility to create better systems and to help people uh, succeed so that we're all succeeding together. And if that gap gets too big, and we see this historically, anytime the gap gets too big, we have some kind of revolution and reset. And so uh, hopefully we're at a time in society where humans are willing to step back and go, hey, let's do something different. Let's break the fucking cycle and let's step up as a group and solve this together. But we have to do it in ways where we don't hurt people who are coming up by stunting their growth, by giving them something they didn't deserve. And there is no historical precedent for giving people things they don't deserve that turns out well. It just doesn't. Well, the, the other thing that comes to mind for me too, especially whenever you're talking about like, yeah, he could do better for his employees. He could play, pay his employees more, right? Well, my data may be a little bit outdated and skewed since like my primary knowledge has been with workers in the tech field of Amazon, but they are very well paid and have extremely great benefits. And especially if you're working in the headquarters at the, the facility as a whole, like it's fucking cool as shit. So to compare that to other businesses and if you're saying, hey, well, based on the profit of the company, well, you should raise the salary of every single position right. within this company. Well, that would make any other person that is in that role, let's say, at another company, want to work with Amazon. So it's gonna put your competition out of business if you're paying more than anyone else, thus leading to an even greater monopoly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but at least it's a different argument now. Yeah. But it's, it's, you're right, if you have a particular skill set, um, you're generally well paid. Now, one would argue maybe not relative to how much he's getting paid, mm -hmm. but they're, they're, they're well paid in the sense that they're in the top 5% of earners in the United States. But the average guy, and it's a lot of the laborers, these are the guys who work in the warehouse yeah. that, that are physically taxing their body, or the drivers, which maybe aren't super skilled, but they're hard workers, those guys generally have not been well paid. Although I hear he continues to increase their what pay, about in create education to other companies that do the same thing. Other warehouse workers, other laborers, is Amazon underpaying their employees compared to other companies? And that that's the model, right? Is that we go into comparison to other companies, not against his own success. And mm -hmm. that's that's the argument. And I think last I checked, they they overpay. I mean, most people want to mm -hmm. if they're going to be in that field, they want to work with Amazon. Um, but I think there's more we can do to support the middle class and support those who are trying to come up and get people to create more stability. I think our healthcare system is a joke. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I get it. I get why there are some systems people argue should not be in the hands of private companies. I'm very concerned that the government's the answer because I just haven't historically see that work out very well. Some people will appeal to Scandinavian countries who tend to have a, a hybrid version of capitalism and socialism. And I think the answer is there are some social, and we do have cer certain programs in the United States are socialistic, right? Social security, as an example, um, or welfare, or I'm failing to remember, but there are systems. Uh, Medicaid, Medicare. Aren't yeah, those? those are all versions of, of socialism, right? Where the state is or the the government is mandating or maintaining a certain level of, of social responsibility. So I, I think there is a place for it when it comes to basic needs, right? Healthcare, food, uh, electricity, 
the things that we all use on a daily basis. It's just when the government gets in control of things, the power they wield gets scary. And our entire system in the United States was built on freedom where the best government is the one that's basically invisible. Mm-hmm. And that was what we designed. Like you don't really, and that's just not the world we live in right now where they're taking more and more control of things. That just doesn't bode well historically. Um, and so that's, that's my We're, concern. Where it becomes a problem is when, like, uh, when these companies become so large, they start paying for politicians and things like that, and they start controlling laws. That's when it becomes a problem, which is cronyism, um, which I am not, I don't advocate for. I don't think that we should have cronyism in any capacity, and I think that should be rooted out in any way we can. But that's in, you can say, you can make the argument that capitalism can lead to that. Um, so, but, but any system is going to lead to that. It's, yeah. It's agreed. A human yeah. Survival yeah. network. So agreed. you could have agreed. socialism yeah. as its own version of cronyism where you have to be close to the, the legal entities so, or the government entities yeah, that are the, controlling everything and you get a better life as a result. That's just gross to me because there's no merit involved in that. The version of cronyism would be communism for socialism. Right. And then, so there's always, there's always not true even, communism because true communism we've never actually seen, which is is really my point I'm trying to make. Human nature doesn't really support these very idealistic systems. That's the problem. Like, so Karl Marx would turn over in his grave uh, if he realized who took on communism and tried to run with it. But when, when he wrote the, the Communist Manifesto, he thought there was three possible, two countries, possibly three, that had a chance at true communism, which was France, England, and then the emerging United States. Clearly, none of them took on that mantle. And it was countries like China and Russia who are more like social dictatorships. They aren't, they aren't true communism. True communism doesn't have a, a, a leadership head. It's everybody thinking about everyone in a very pure sense. So in a very idealistic world, that's a beautiful way to show up. I think some would argue, you know, you leave this realm and you go into any of the dimensions above it. And that's kind of how the, the world works, right? Everybody's taking care of everyone. It's, it's, yeah, in, in its idealistic form, it's communitarian. Yeah, it's beautiful. And everybody can go, man, that's a great system. The problem is, is the world we live in, that doesn't work. Well, in communism, it has to be a control of it for it to be executed, which is where the issue lies. In communism, it's not like a bunch of entities that have control over the the country. It's one person. (laughs) Eventually, eventually that gains control over everything. So that one person controls all the corporations, all the profit motives, everything. Um, and controls those levers and can steer those levers and in, in, steer uh, the country in, a, in whatever direction they, they so choose. So I think that is not, not well, beneficial. And that isn't, um, that isn't true communism. I, I think uh, if you read the, the Communist Manifesto, and he, he does talk about this, like there was a structure in which a small group of people would potentially hold power to create the structures necessary to get the system set up, and then they would dissolve back into the community where there isn't any lordship or kingship involved i think that's marxism not communism the opposite that is communism by by definition and that's the that's the issue is that if you look at like countries like china it's more of a social dictatorship Hmm. where you have a small group of people who are controlling everything but what's fascinating is capitalism has brought more wealth and equity to the world than any other system and it's not even close we have more affluence on the earth now than we've ever had as a result of capitalism. And even China, to the degree it succeeded, has been into the degree in which it's embraced capitalist systems within its own structure. So I get the 
I get the message and the frustration with capitalism, and I think it does need to evolve, but it's created more freedom than any other system. And until somebody comes up with a system that is a hell of a lot better and self-evidently better, we're going to have a, a big issue with this one. And it's that's interesting the to see, you know, international people's like think of the American dream, right? And they want to come over and build a business and become an entrepreneur. Yeah. And there's just a completely different perspective from that group of people. Than they risk their lives to come to this country. And that's yeah. because it's the cycle of nations, right? We've, we've seen this. If you study history, those who do not study history are fated to repeat it. It's the cycle of nations. When affluence gets too high, the people become more entitled. They become less grateful for what they have. And, and to give you a perspective, the poorest of the poor have better resources and more access than the kings 100, 200 years ago. That's crazy to think about. But so people are going to ask for stats on that. Yeah. <laughs> and you can Google it. That's the beauty. I'm saying things that you can literally just Google and find out for yeah. yourself. Um, very quickly verify whether I'm saying is true or not. But that's the point is affluency. And, and, and yes, there is a, a big difference between our poor and the riches of the rich right now. It's insane, the difference. But our poor are still far way better than 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 20 years ago. Our Thanks. systems need to get better. But affluency across the world uh, has risen uh, tremendously. We have less cases of famine, less, ca less cases of not having access to clean water. These, these systems, these things haven't gone away, but it is way better than it used to be. And with a little perspective shift, one can realize, yeah, it doesn't mean we don't have problems. It doesn't mean things we don't need to address, but the world is way better off than it used to be, oh. unless you want to breathe the, the great lie that it isn't, which would justify a whole host of behaviors and 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 uh, things that you see people doing right now i wonder how many kings back in the day back in the 16th century 17th um caught the black plague I wonder how many kings caught it yeah i have no uh, idea about that but how many of them had access to fresh fruit mm -hmm. like the banana or the orange yeah or the lemon mm -hmm. or how many of them had access to to the information in their fingertips that we do Look, I, I get it. I get that there's people making, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year, oftentimes less than that, um, sometimes fifteen thousand, you know, uh, and and beyond. Or yeah, so um, I get that people are complaining that capitalism is difficult, and there's people that are at the top that are buying, you know, seven properties at once, right? I get that it's not fair in some circumstances that people at the top are controlling a lot of the laws and that directly impacts some of the poorest of the poor. Um, I don't, I, I get that. Um, but I also think that, I think that this structure that we have in place is the best opportunity for any poor individual, um, supporting entrepreneurs, supporting them to innovate, to uh, create systems, to better society is gonna, is gonna put us all in a better place. And taking that away from them is gonna it's only gonna hurt society in general. Well, until we come up with um, a better system, which isn't to say that there may not be a better system. And right. again, I I don't think all parts of our culture and our economy should be private. Right? Yeah. I, I'm not keen on the idea of the entire healthcare system being private. No, no, um, not at all. Yeah. I think that we everyone should have access to a living wage. I think everyone should have access to the basic utilities that we all use and those things yeah. should be baked into our society. And we certainly are at a point where that's the case. And, you know, we could get into the discussion of, of UBI, which is probably on its way, 
because I like that idea actually. Because yeah. more and more uh, of the labor is being done by machines that don't complain. They're much easier to work with. They work twenty four seven, and so it's going to change further change how we show up and how society shows up. But we need to evolve our consciousness and educate people if we're going to navigate through this. And that's the part that needs to change. I don't know that there's a better system yet. I'm very open if somebody wants to to share a better economic system. But capitalism has a hell of a lot more wins than losses in its category for what it's brought to the earth, including most of the most important inventions, uh, the most economic success, the most diversity in economic success. There is a reason why so many people still want to immigrate to the United States from other countries, because they have a much higher chance of success here. And you may be somebody who who grew up in a poor neighborhood or didn't get much of an education or whatever your story is, but there are literally hundreds and thousands of people who have that exact same story that turned that into success in the United States. And that's what I would be looking at. Yeah, maybe things aren't as easy as you'd like them to be, but where is it going to be better? Unless it's like, hey, I want to live somewhere where I don't have to work. I don't have to worry about anything. Well, then go fucking find that. But if you're looking for real success and you're willing to put in the work, it's here. You just have to put in the work. Wouldn't it maybe interesting the like definition of what would be like the poverty threshold in the United States is a little under thirteen thousand dollars. So I know that we've put out some numbers like twenty and thirty, which is a, a good jump from thirteen. So, but like my so, question there is what what are you doing? But thirteen thousand. Yeah. Think about that. Thirteen thousand. So that's basically two fifty a week. Thousand dollars, muscle minus thousand dollars a month. Ch- go check out what the poverty line is for the world. How much does the average person make? Your mind is going to be. Well, I, I looked at the stat. Um, so $2 I looked at one stat. Day. Yeah. So it's half of the world, uh, on average, makes two dollars a day. Yeah. Half of the world, three billion people. So three point five billion people. I share that. Is a, is a point because it, that isn't me saying we don't have work to do yeah. and that we can't create more equity for more people. What I am saying, though, is with a little bit of perspective, you can be grateful for where you're at, at the same time understanding it needs to get better. When we lose our gratitude or we lose perspective on what we do have, it changes how we show up in the world and the decisions we make, and we can start creating hell on earth for ourselves. And again, not saying there aren't issues. There are issues with capitalism right now. And I get the sentiment around late-stage capitalism. How do these guys get to make hundreds of billions of dollars where other guys are just making ends meet? Again, I I get that some people make a lot less, and then you see these people that live in opulence, and they they buy, you know, they're exuberant, and um, they they get a superfluous amount of things and materialistic items and you you see that but what you also don't see is i what i would recommend somebody that's projecting the that people are malevolent and they're evil uh, and what i what i would say to them is i would look at the origin story not necessarily where they're at currently um what is the origin story like where did people come from you know and a lot of entrepreneurs they had to make it work they didn't maybe necessarily didn't necessarily have the education that would afford them, you know, uh, a normal career. Um, they were broke for, you know, sometimes decades. Um, and then it's incredible to think about, right? They didn't yeah. come from Kings and Queens. They didn't come from royalty. Right. Right. They, in many cases, they came from very little. Yes. Um, and uh, oftentimes it's it, these, these guys were, 
girls and guys were, were completely broke. I mean, living out of, you know, a one bedroom apartment, um, just trying to make ends meet and just working their asses off until eventually something hits. They eventually get one good customer or one good employee or whatever the case may be. And then something starts to, to manifest into, uh, the, that represents all the work they've done in the last decade. And then people go, well, why are you making that much money? Or why are you, you know, able to buy this or that or whatever the case may be? And again, I would say, go back to their origin story. How difficult was the, how difficult was it? Andy Frisilla, one second. So Andy Frisilla, his first 10 years in business, Andy Frisilla, he made, what was it, Isaac? It was like $22,000 10, over 10 years. <laughs> $22,000 over 10 years. How much would you think his company's worth now? Last I checked, it was a few hundred million, 300 million, something like that. 300 million. So ask yourself, are you willing to just never give up? Are you willing to go through that process? Because if you are, then the means of you owning the means of production makes a lot of sense with 15 other people that are willing to go through that same process. And you're definitely going to have a successful company if everyone just doesn't give up and just keeps working. But nobody really wants to go through that. Nobody really wants to take that type of risk. Nobody, people have families, they have um, exterior responsibilities. And because of that, they're, they're not willing to take the leap into entrepreneurship. And you, you have to kind of respect and appreciate the people that are actually willing to do that to, to, for the betterment of society. Because I guarantee you, there, a, a company is not going to get to 200 million without providing a tremendous amount of value like tremendous to the point where it's changing a lot of people's lives. It's, it's helping a lot of people in, in many aspects. And um, it just, it's not going to happen. You're, you're not going to get that. But, and the argument that's being made right now is, well, what if I, that's not what I want. I don't want to have to work. I don't want to have to be away from my family that long. I don't want to have to put in that kind of work to have the life I want. Does that mean I don't deserve anything? And, and I think, that's where this gets super interesting. We get in, we're going to get into a lot of different conversations around this, like the metaverse and UBI and, and how the world is changing in general. And that's where I think those who want that level of success, if they want to keep playing in that game, it needs to be more equitable for everyone. So it's not a, a win-lose scenario. And we, we could argue that there is definitely a win-win scenario with, with some of the companies that, um, that these guys become very successful in. But we got to find a way to bring the mean up where you're either thriving or surviving. And surviving is, I don't want to have to work 60 hours a week. In a society that's this affluent, I agree with that. And we didn't always think the way we do right now. We're kind of spinning ourselves into a tight little ball Period where after. everything is about success. And there's more to life than just pursuing money and pursuing that kind of success and contributing yeah. to society, right? On the flip side of that, there are a lot of jobs that are underpaid. And I would argue that probably the two most important jobs in America right now is teachers, teachers and mothers. Teachers and mothers, yeah. Right? And they're incredibly underpaid in, in different ways for what they provide. So how do we justify that in a capitalist society? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And this is why I, I don't think capitalism is a perfect system, and I don't know anybody arguing that it is. I just don't know a better system. And I'm, I'm open if somebody has a suggestion, and I would love... For anybody who's, who's listened this far and is interested in this discussion, I would love, um, you know, for, just to, for feedback or we would love to have you on or to ask us questions around how you think the system could be better or, or what we're missing in all of this. Uh, because I think 
there needs to be change. And I think we're in a, a time in society where a lot of the major institutions we've relied on for hundreds of years are being questioned, and we need a better way of, of moving forward. What I'm not hearing, though, is a lot of realistic solutions, not even realistic, but solutions that are self-evident, right? That they're, they're clearly a better way to move forward for all of society that doesn't have tremendous effect, where we, we're playing, a lot of the responses I'm hearing right now is like we're playing checkers, not chess, right? We're thinking one move ahead, not long-term effects of these decisions and its impact on society. So I'm very interested to hearing other solutions and how we can move forward, but I agree that we need to increase the living wage for everyone. I think the idea of the, you know, somehow creating a healthcare system that is more fair and balanced, if that's possible, is a, is a great idea. Being able to regulate utilities in such a way where they're not privately ran um, so that everyone has access to it could be a good idea, although I see downsides to that too. Anytime yeah. we centralize control to a specific entity, I think there's a lot of, to me, there's a lot of concern in that when it comes to the, the tenets of freedom unless you absolutely trust those entities. But historically, that hasn't been a good place for humans to show up. So I don't know. That's part of what I'm thinking, too. <clears throat> a lot of these different systems that we're talking about, like when you're defining them, they're like, yeah, that, that's great. That's beautiful. Let's do that. But it's more so like the person that's in control. You have to trust that, that person. what causes the issue. So how much of like the real issue is just who it is that we're picking that's in control. And that's, and that's my point with all of this is like, I don't think it's a system. It's the consciousness needs to rise. Right? If we educate people to think differently about the world, the system is less the problem. And so it's just that we're in a society right now that seems to be more me, 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 and less about society in general. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. I don't think changing the system is going to recalibrate people's internal work or where their heart is at. That's the work that needs to be done. But if I'm somebody who thinks it's unfair that billionaires have all this money, go become a billionaire and show everyone else how to do it. That's, that's what yeah, I'm constantly saying. Go build the billion dollar company and give all your money away, please. The funny thing is, like, I, I can't imagine, like, <clears throat> if someone were to put themselves in their shoes and have gone through, like, everything that they did in their life and building that business from the ground up and taking the risk. Most people like, would not. It's one thing of, like, I don't think that most people are complaining uh, just for the fact of, um, like, oh, I don't want to take the financial risk over this yeah. amount of time. It's more of, I don't want to put this amount of time into anything. I so, mean, yeah. Once you're there and you've been through that, you're like, fuck you. I deserve this. Like, I earned this. I worked hard for this. Yeah. But, you know, to each their own. And it, it makes me curious, too, like talking about, obviously, a, a minimum living wage. What if there was a maximum wage? What yeah. are your guys' thoughts on that? A maximum wage? Mm -hmm. um, like, this is as much as you can, like. I mean, I, I think a lot of the billionaires would actually say that there should be a maximum wage. I mean, like Warren Buffett has been a proponent of socialism and, you know, being taxed more. But it's like, okay, there's Warren Buffett and then there's like the 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 millionaire, right? Mm -hmm. The guy that's making like a million, two million, three million dollars a year. That guy's still stressed out as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like the, there's, there's nothing about that guy that, that insinuates that uh, he's having an easy... It, it may, maybe on the outside, it looks like it's easy, but... There's a lot of value that's being um, uh, upheld within society, and and that takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of like investment. It takes a lot of time in general. Um, just uh, you have to look at entrepreneurs on their way up, not when they've made it, <laughs> because on, on the entrepreneurs on their way up, um, it, it, it the process looks very messy 
very dirty and most people would not choose to have the life that those entrepreneurs have mm-hmm. uh, or that they had when they were making it. Uh, Elon Musk, he like when he, I think it was some reporter asked him like, what was the most difficult time you had during your entrepreneurial journey? And he literally, he could not talk. He was, he was literally tearing up. He's like, I, I would not wish this on my worst enemy um, because it was so difficult. So it's like, why would anyone want to choose that? Um, just, just to make more well, money. And then like, what's scary <laughs> is when you start de-incentivizing the desire to be more, to discover more, to invent mm-hmm. more, what's the implications of that on society? And that's something we're not even considering because you're right. If you, if you follow the, the, the course up, most people aren't willing to put in that kind of sacrifice to that work. And now if we demonize the success or the reward they get for putting in that sacrifice... That's scary to me and how it, it could end up playing out in society. What is incentivizing behavior? Right? There's a reason why most inventions that we use on a daily basis were created in capitalist societies. I can't think of one right now that wasn't. And I'm sure there are exceptions, but, but as the rule, they were created in capitalist societies because there was an incentive to do so. Mm-hmm. Take away incentive in human behavior and it gets scary quick. And, and, and as somebody that's not really doing this, well, I, I get it and... <clears throat> It's, it's common to project malevolence onto people that are super successful. It's very common to do that. Um, but what was the point I was going to make? Um, like y- y- you have to look at, uh, like you said, other societies, and you have to look at the um, what, what's being innovated, what's, what, what, what you're using on your, in your daily life that's, helped you in general and if what you're using the shampoo that you're using the technology that you're using isn't helping you then i could see like projecting malevolence onto to people that are, have been super successful but in general like everyone starts as a democratic socialist everyone starts as a democratic socialist meaning to, to the to a large majority of people having socialistic um, programs in place are required and beneficial for example, firefighters, police officers, uh, you know, hospitals, things like that. Everyone agrees to those things. Nobody disagrees with those things. And to say that you're, you're to project malevolence onto people that are higher up and saying that they don't want those things is not is not correct um, because they do. A, a lot of people, they, they say, yes, there there is a, a, a reason for government. There is a responsibility that government has to help the, the, the lowest in society um, and a hundred percent. That's what it, like most people agree to, um, but at the same time, you can't project so much malevolence onto the most successful people that you want to take away from them, and and then and right. then th- I think that would not help society in general. Well, and that's the great lie, right? Is that somebody else's success is directly related to your lack of success? That's scary to me when people start to believe that I'm not a success because somebody else is. And that's just simply not true. There is enough success for everyone. There's enough success for everyone to go around. You just still have to put in the work. And don't don't believe the lie that the reason you aren't a success is because someone else is. That's just simply not true. Uh, and we just have too many counterexamples of that. However bad you think your life is right now, whatever the conditions you are, I guarantee you, if you do any level of research, you're going to find people who did more with less. So what, what's your story when you run into that? How do you deal with that? How do you address that in your own life? How do you justify your course and your decisions 
and you can recognize that there are other people who, who were able to achieve more with, with, with less than you did. <clears throat> so it's the personal accountability piece that is what's going to change the world. And if you're like, hey, these are things that need to change, then become the billionaire that does it different. If you want to run a company or if you want a company that is going to treat its employees different, start a company mm -hmm. and treat your employees different. Be the change. Quit sniveling and complaining and asking somebody else to be the change. You be the change. That's how society changes, is when somebody steps up and goes, I'm going to be the change. Sniveling and whining to other people to change is never worked out. That isn't how you change society. And again, if you fell asleep in history class, I would highly advocate you go study some history and you will find out that has not been a good course. It has not worked out very well in the long run. You change the world by being the change. If you want wealth and you're not in the best position at the moment, projecting malevolence onto successful people creates separation between what you want and um, and what you're in the position you're in right now. So, like you you're can't not if, invite into your life what you dishonor. You, yeah, what you what, what you project if you project malevolence onto a successful person and you want to be successful, it's going to be very hard to see the opportunity uh, when it's in front of you. Or with regards to hating yourself mm -hmm. for being successful and you won't understand why. Or I see that money. I coach through this all the time. <laughs> or to money, yeah. You, you'll no, but you'll eventually sabotage yourself. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You'll 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 hate yourself as you become more successful and you'll self-sabotage. You won't stay there. Why. Yeah. Because you've, you won't you've dishonored there. the process. Yeah. I think right, we, another need, aspect we need to land too, this. Like, seriously, checkers, not yeah. chess. Like for those that are just saying like, pay us more, pay us more, pay us more. Well, what's going to happen when a company pays you more? They're going to have to then increase their costs of goods that they're selling, which is then just going to... Which if their competitors <laughs> not charging as much, then they can't compete anymore, which then decreases sales which then potentially hurts the company in in, in total in, in total you get more monopoly it, it, yeah. <laughs> but then ultimately the money that you're getting paid more is just going out more and, and we're seeing this right now as we've seen the biggest costs. increase of inflation in like two decades yeah. right and and we're like whoa what's what's going on here well this is easily predictable there's a reason why this is happening and part of it is we printed eight trillion dollars but their part of it is that there is a bigger demand for higher wage. Well, companies who want to protect their profits are just going to pass that on to the consumer. Now, that's a whole other discussion for another time, and I don't think that's the only course of action. I think there's a lot of companies that are profitable enough they wouldn't need to increase profits, but uh, it is what it is. But we need to land this thing. We can jump out of here. All right. Thanks for uh, joining us on the F5 podcast. We look forward to conversing with you further uh, on other podcasts as well. Uh, please leave comments, leave questions. We would love to address them uh, on our next podcast. Please leave us feedback because we, we want to adjust based on our audience. So uh, if you want to subscribe to our business uh, program, go to um, patreon.com forward slash F5 podcast. And if you want to look at clips, go to TikTok, um, or you can even go to Instagram or other platforms to look us up and, and see some of the clips that we uh, put out there. All right. Hope you have a wonderful day.